Wild Show with Nikki B on Kaya 959. The best in African music, African music on the Wild Show with Nikki B. Well, talk about the best in African music and not just the best in African music, but the best in African musicals, the best in African movies, the best in African excellence. Welcome to the Wild Show. Mongani and Gamma, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes. Wow. You know, as I said to you, I, ca- I cannot believe I've been doing the show for 26 years and it's the first time you've come on to join us. So um, I've got so much to ask you. <laughs> I, I cannot believe myself that you've been doing the show for 20 Six. Six years. Yes. And this is the first time I'm with you. It's, I know. It's, and I've been, on this, I've been to this building so many times. Yes. Coming to different other shows. And 26 years later. 26 years later, yes. But there must be a reason for that. Absolutely. And as I said, I can't imagine all the questions I have in my mind of what I want to chat to you about. This has got to be part one. We're not waiting another 26 years. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mbongeni, because it's the first time, I want to go back to the beginning. I mean, mm. you are somebody that I don't just call a musician. I call you an artist because you, you, you know, for you... The way I see you is you're an artist who works with different forms. Of, you are so right. Yes. Yeah. So how did it start? Before we, we, we get there, if you allow me. Sure. I've just come from JP Hostel. Yes. The men's hostel in JP. Uh, because I'm doing another show in Deben that talks about the history of Stratamia music. You know, the world today knows Black, Black Mambazo, Ladies with Black Mambazo, but they, and the world is not aware that there is a sea of Stratamia musicians dating back even before Solomon Linda Ntsele did what we now know as the biggest selling hit in the world, Imbube. Some others call it The Lion Never Sleeps Tonight. Yes. Or Wimmerware. Or Wimmerware, yes. or whatever you want to call yes. it. You know, and that's a, a whole different other story because he actually is related to my family. Okay. But I was in the hostel because I'm going to be doing a new musical about the history of Iskatamia music. So your question just takes me back to where I've just come from now, in the hostel. Yes. I started playing the guitar at the age of 11. My father was a guitarist. He was a policeman, but you know, to pass away time, he would play the the guitar. And I started at eleven years of age. I said, "Oh, this is interesting. I like this." And he bought me a Berlin guitar. Yes, this was at the time when the Beatles were the biggest hits in the world. And my father then decided, oh, this boy loves music so much. Let me buy musical instruments. This is now way back in Verulam in the early 1960s, 30 kilometers from the city of Durban. And we formed a family band emulating the Beatles at the time. We're playing all the cover songs of all those big hits. It's been a hard day's night. I have been working like a dog, you know. And a ticket to ride. I think I'm gonna be sad. I think it's today, you know. She's gone. 
you know, all those songs that were the Beatles were playing that were hit songs at the time, we were this little band in Devon going to the weddings, going to Christmas parties, emulating the Beatles, and that's how music got into me yeah. at 11 years of age. I was this little one who was playing the guitar. I remember the mamas would just look at me and say, oh my God, this kid, because I was playing with elderly people. Yes. And the guitar was even heavy when, when I was carrying it, playing. That's how it all started. With the guitar. Yeah. Um, and the Beatles. And the Beatles. <laughs> yes. Amazing. And then, so, so then that's from 11. And then, you know, at what point did you realize this is becoming my life? I, th you know, I carried on during my school times and, and then went to high school in Devon Township. It was just fun. But one day, because I was not, I, 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 when, when I was in, in high school, then I just somehow, like all kids, you know, I wasn't attending school so much as going to the rehearsal room. Yes practicing music and we went to play at a wedding in Claremont uh, the principal happened to be in that wedding and he saw me playing he liked me so much because I was good in history and English in school so I was like the representative of the, the students in history and English so he came to greet me after the performance and I was so afraid Remember those days, there was corporal punishment. Yes. So I knew if I'm going back to school on Monday, then I'm going to be punished. Yes. <laughs> so we're at the assembly in the morning, uh, singing the Lord's Prayer and all of that. And then the principal says, I want to talk about this story. I'm, I saw one of my students in a wedding in Claremont. He was playing with a band. And I, I wanted the ground to swallow me. And then he says, uh, Gemma, come forward. Can you imagine in front of like 2,000 kids? Then ah, I, and you knew. You and were, I knew I was in trouble. Yes. <laughs> and then he says, I want, I'm going to talk to the school committee and every teacher in this school. I want you kids to go to your parents and tell them to contribute all of them to rent. Uh, to the school because I want to buy musical instruments because I saw this boy in Claremont. I want the school to have a band. It was like, my God. Oh, my goodness. And we started a band at school. That's how he kept me in school. Amazing. Absolutely and amazing. When, and after I... Re in, well, jump forward. Then I record uh, my first... Uh, hit record Stimela which is still a hit to this day 40 years later I've played that song you don't understand <laughs> live live at yeah, gigs I, I, that's <laughs> the one when all else fails just put Stimela Sazazola on and you covered yeah. <laughs> still today still today yes. and, and then when I finished recording that album some years later then I went to him he had retired and I presented him with an album I said Thank you so much for allowing me to have a band at school. I presented him with Stimela Sazazola. 
beautiful, absolutely beautiful, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. But it shows you how much one person, one person's actions can impact on the course of a young Absolute. person's life. Ab- can you imagine if he had shut me out and said, this kid is troublesome, this kid is not good in the school, where would I be? Literally, where would you be? It might have broken everything, broken it the might, spirit. Yeah. Yes. Because from that day onwards, then we began, because we had a sports day, sports day on a Wednesday. So the soccer guys and the girls who were playing bas- basketball, would, but we didn't have the music session. So from that day onwards, on Thursdays, it was music. Amazing. And then... I had this wonderful lady who was a, a music teacher. I was t- teaching classical music, you know, all those huge classical songs from England and and from South Africa. And I, 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 I then began to learn how to read music from her because she would notate the music. That's how I learned music. Yes. Because of him deciding that there should be a music day at school every week. This is who I am today. Amazing. And it's not only who you are, but I'm sure there are other children that benefited from that, even if they never became artists. Mm, the of course. The power of the arts. Of course. In healing, in, in, in childhood development, in growth, in confidence. Absolutely. Yes. Because what the arts does, you know, I always say to people, we artists are a mirror, a mirror of society. When you think there is something that is that saddens you, or, or, or there's something that really exhilarates you, we are the mirror. We can tell it through plays, we can tell it through song, we can tell it through film, and, and, and then a person says, oh wow, that's me. Oh, that's my aunt, oh, that's my granny. That, that's what artists are. Are about. I always speak about how artists reflect on one hand and represent on another hand. Absolutely. And that's what you're doing here with your new project as well. You know, with my new project, uh, Black, which is going to be at the Emperor's Palace on the 15th and the 16th of September, it's I, I, I say to people of South Africa, it's an extravaganza. It's just this full to our body of music, song and dance, but telling the story of my life, as I tell the story of my life, I tell the story of South Africa, because my life is a reflection of South Africa. Where do we come from? I mean, I think of the days when I did Waza Albert, we were kids when when we did that, you know, and, uh, and I got arrested so many times going to Detention, solitary confinement in detention for doing that play. We we just had this zeal, this enthusiasm. This you know we we wanted to tell our story in Waza Albert, myself and Percy and Barney Simon who joined us later. And guess what? It became an international phenomenon. Yes. You know, and then Asinamali, and then Sarafina, and, and just then, went went and went. And then it just yes. just kept going. Uh, we as artists are fed by the lives of our people. A normal human being walking in the street. You know, Barney taught me one thing. 
when you see a person walking in the street, you African people are good at greeting people. Sawon, Nijani, Nyapida. You don't know that person. Yes. You are suddenly now engaging, engaging that person in their personal lives. But Bani always said to me, when you African people do that, you are actually extracting stories from that person. What if we take that into a rehearsal room? It can become a theater piece. Yes, beautiful. And I love what you said because I've so often said that, you know, if you take the life of one significant artist, um, it, is, it reflects the history of a whole region. Um, yes. You know, as you said, if I looked at your life, you would reflect the history of the region. What a wonderful way to teach history to people. Yes. What a wonderful way to get to know the stories of each other and of of ourselves, if I can put it that way. Yes. It's through the lives of artists that have made great con contributions. That, that's absolutely true. Uh, you know... I think we downplay ourselves in South Africa as the general community. We've had great artists here. I mean, you, you look at, think of artists like Abdullah Ibrahim, you know. You know, I was in, I was telling uh, uh, my, 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 my staff, I was saying, I was in Berlin in, in 1982 in Germany before the Berlin Wall broke down. And we were in Western Berlin, uh, in Western Germany, and there I was in a concert with Abdullah Ibrahim with about 5,000 people in this big theater and him alone playing the piano and medley for two hours, nonstop, from one song to the other. To, well, I knew most of the songs, but these Europeans didn't know any one of the songs. And at the end of the two hours, Abdullah Ibrahim just stood up and he folded his arms and there was a standing ovation for 20 minutes, nonstop. Wow. Yes. I said to myself, wow, South Africa does not appreciate what they have. This man in Germany, in Berlin, is appreciated so much. When he goes back home, he will just be another artist. And he's appreciated by people who are not even familiar with yes, that music. with this music. It's the first time they're hearing it. Yes. You know? That's, that's what we have in South Africa. Well, I'm sure you've experienced that a lot. But yeah. let's hear a song now of uh, your latest EP, which again, uh, th th this needs a whole show in itself, just the stories around this. But let's start with the song, Tina Banta Bamnyama. Tina Banta that's good. Yeah, I must say it quicker, yeah. but I'm still practicing. Mungeni and Gamma with us on the World Show. This is the title track of his uh, new EP, uh, which is an absolute gem. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk much more about it on the World Show. Of course, uh, we are not only traveling the globe, but we are celebrating what comes out from home. Nine five nine. The best in African music, African music on the World Show with Nikki B. Kaya959. Yes, I'm sitting with Dr. Mbongeni and Gamma, and that one is Tina Bantu Banta Ban 
No, say it and I'll follow you. Sina banta bamnyama. Sina banta bamnyama. Much better when I don't read it. <laughs> 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 but what an interesting project. This is your new musical project. Yes. This EP. Yeah. And that's the title track. Tell us about this project in Bungeni. Well, what, what I'm doing uh, is actually a biography of my life told me told through music. It's it's just wall-to-wall music. There's actually no acting, nothing. It's just me introducing certain songs. A certain era of my life from childhood to being a, a little boy to being a, a young man uh, and, and then uh, uh, later on in my life. But under that, like a subtext of it, is my political history how I found myself fighting the liberation struggle in South Africa, how I got conscientized by people like Steve Biko, like people like uh, Victoria Mkang at the beginning of the UDF, Archie Kumete, people like Winnie Mandela, and all of those people who actually, uh, Ntato Motlana, Dr. Ntato Motlana, all those people who sort of just embraced me as their child and said, he is the one who's going to tell our stories. At first, I did not understand why. Why am I so embraced by these people? But later on, I then realized, oh, I've, I have a calling to tell the stories of the suffering of the African, the black people of South Africa during the years of, of apartheid. So this new EP now, it's like a flashback of what I did those days when I wrote songs like Freedom is Coming Tomorrow, which was the genesis of Sarafina. But then, again, realizing we are now almost 30 years into democracy and our people are still living in Kukwini, in the shacks. Our people... In Marshalltown, our people have just died now. You've just come from the hostels. You see what's going on. I've just come from the hostels today. We have not moved forward. The question is, the leadership that Nelson Mandela left, because let's understand one thing. I I know people always criticize Mandela and they say he sold us out. That narrative has been going on for a long time. Yes, I don't deny that. He may have sold us out. But you have to remember where we come from. Remember that Mandela had the key just to open the door. He did what he could in his lifetime. He did what he could in his lifetime. And then he, after that, that's why Mandela, actually even during his presidency, he was never there. Mandela was a superstar. He was in Wembley Stadium. He was in New York at the Yankee Stadium. Thabo Mbeki was holding the administration because Mandela knew that this is not for me. My time on earth is over. I've done my job. I've done my job. I have to open the door so that those that come after me can truly free the black people of South Africa, the black masses. Now, my question in Tina Bandabamiyam, what went wrong? Why are 60 million African people still living in the dungeons, still living in places like Alex? Why 
are we having load shedding? Why? Why are people hungry when we have what? sun and and wind and oh, land? Oh, oh, I'm seeing hungry oh. people every single why, day. Why? Why are mm. people? Uh, last week I had two people. I got messages from two families. These men hung themselves because they couldn't feed their families. The wives and the children are saying, "Baba, we're hungry. What are you doing?" And the men. These two men decided to take their lives away. They had no hope. They have no hope. Yes. How we have all the minerals in South Africa. We've got gold, diamond, platinum, iron ore. We've got coal. You name it. We've got the ocean economy. We've got Devon. We've got Cape Town. We've got East London, Port Elizabeth. We are a country that is best situated in the world at the bottom corner of the world. How is it that our people are suffering? They can afford a loaf of bread. This is my question that I'm asking to the leadership. Something must have gone wrong there. Some people in the leadership, especially the ANC, must have told themselves, let me get as much as I can get for my own family. That's why you've got so many billionaires that came out of nowhere people that I was walking in the liberation struggle with and suddenly they became multi-billionaires and they don't care about where they come from. That's what Tina Bantabamnyama is about. And you worked with young people. Tell me about the people you worked with on this project. Because for me this is legacy. You, From I, you as a master to the next generation. I've worked with this young boy from Beckville and Beckville is poverty stricken he's the one who sings with me and he plays the Mascandi guitar and he lives in the hostels he's a but he's such a talented young man and I've worked with young boys and girls who are singing the backing vocals from the townships of Kwamashu and Umlazi no one knows about them and I said to them let's just do this uh, because now I'm getting prepared to do this new big musical Extravaganza Black and they are going to be a part of that production. Uh, I, I, I want to expose them to the world. I want, I, I want the world to know about these young people that no one, they have no names, but people must know about them and they must remember their names. Yes, absolutely. And what also struck me about this project is not only the lyrical content and the message that's what in, that, that comes through in this project, but also musically, it struck me that working with the younger generations, you're also drawing deeply on the roots of South African musical styles. You know, you know, when I teach people, young people, I always tell them, you know, you have no idea that in as much as I'm teaching you, you are teaching me. They are actually teaching me. I know that as, as, as an educator myself. You know. Sometimes I, I feel I'm learning more than, than I'm teaching. I'm learning more than <laughs> what I'm teaching. Yes. You know, I have, uh, well, my wife is a very young woman uh, and she is a choreographer. She was just one of my cast members way back in uh, in the early 2000s. And I said to her, I can see your dancing style because she was uh, 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 at, uh, moving into dance with uh, uh, Suzette Leroux, who was my PA 
many years ago and 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 she learned ballet and she learned modern dance and and all those things and i said to her you can actually choreograph and now she's my main choreographer uh, in my in, in in all my work with Sarafina, the latest productions that I've done, and and the one that I'm going to be doing next year in in the U.S. in Washington D.C., uh, it just amazes me how how creative she is, how she takes my ideas and interpret them in in in, da- in the dance format. She's also choreographing for Black. But what am, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say from musically to choreography to costume designing to because I work with all these people to set designing to lighting designing. I was shooting a movie uh, recently and I met this wonderful uh, uh, young woman who is uh, an AD, an assistant director in this movie that we're doing for ETV and she says to me, but Putimbong uh, and I'm also a follow spotter. I can do follow spots in your productions, and that is what excites me. Yes. When young people come forward and say, "You know what? I can do that. I'm ready. I'm ready to do yes. that." Yeah. I might not have all the knowledge, but I'm willing. But I'm to ready. Learn. I'm ready. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because you too, as you said, was a young eleven-year-old with a guitar, and you were ready. I was ready. I, I didn't have the knowledge. Yes. You know, when I did Township Fever in 1989, and then, uh, you know, we, we, we had this big production, and America was ready for it, Broadway was ready for it, before the Gulf War, of course, which shut down all the theaters in America. But I took Township Fever, uh, and we played at the Majestic Theater in Brooklyn. We were sold out for 10 weeks, getting ready to go to Broadway after Sarafina. This young girl from Empangeni in Zululand, and she, she's crippled. And she comes to me, she says, I want to be part of Township Fever. Now, all the other girls in the production laughed at her. Yes. Because they were thinking, how, how is she going dance? to dance? Mm. How are you going to do this? You are crippled. So I sat with her, I said, can you work in the costume department? She says, I'm, I'm ready. Today, She's the biggest costume designer on Broadway. All the shows that happen on Broadway, she is. Amazing. All the big directors on Broadway and all the biggest productions, like give, uh, Bring the Noise, Bring the Funk, all those productions, she's the she's one. She's the one. She's the one. It just shows you you've already given us a message for the younger generations. Mm. We are going to run out of time and I want to squeeze in another track or two. So uh, this track, you've specifically asked me to play. Yes. One more time. You know, when we were doing Sarafina, after Sarafina was big in America on Broadway and in Hollywood. So Anand Singh comes to me and he says, please, can we do the movie production of it? And I said to myself, oh, because he's a homeboy, because uh, I had already gotten a request from HBO to do Sarafina. Anyway, then I took him to Quincy Jones, who's my friend, and, and I said to Quincy, so how do we do the music? So Quincy says... Uh, there's a few artists that I can bring on board to collaborate with, to do the music. And uh, one of those artists was 
my greatest artist that I love so much, James Ingram. And he sang on this song that, uh, actually this song I had done it before with uh, Baxter Point Dexter, another big American artist with the kids of Sarafina singing the backing vocals. Then Quincy said, let James Ingram do it. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to play this song uh, from the Serafina soundtrack. Is that the right word? Yes. 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 Uh, of course, Mongani and Gamma is with us. He's the composer of this one, one more time. But don't forget uh, that when you shop, pick and pay the Mr. D way, you get a great range of grocery products, in-store pricing, smart shopper combos and deals, and so much more. Get up to 15% off selected cases of beers uh, or deep discounts on high-end wines and spirits with gin combo deals featuring brands like Beef Eater and Saving on bubbly you'll be sure to have a spring in your step this weekend so shop pick and pay groceries on mr d and get it done t's and c's apply and now back to the music kaya 959 kaya 959 on the streets on the air Kaya 959. One more time, Mungenia Gamma, the soundtrack of Serafina. And this man, I mean, here he is. He hasn't even, we haven't even had an opportunity to see his brand new production. It only opens on the, on the 14th, 15th. 15th and, and he's already planning the next one because when he arrived, us yeah, that's what he said. He's yes. already planning the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but Black is happening on the 15th. 15th and 16th at the Emperor's Palace. Yes. The Theatre of Marcellus. And this is very much an autobiographical It's autobiographical. Musical. All these songs, like One More Time, and all these songs you, that are part of this musical extravaganza. You know, I always tell people, they say, okay, what's a musical extravaganza? I say, well, it's, it's in South Africa, it's really never been done. Uh, uh, they do it all the time in Las Vegas. You know, they bring Lionel Richie and he sits there for five years every day and he does, or Dion Warwick, or, or, yes. or, or, or all of those artists. And this is what I'm introducing to South Africa to do just musical extravaganzas where an artist can just sit as long as they can. It's a in residency. One it, it's, yes, it's like it's a, a residency. residency. Yes. It's a residency. Uh, so I'm introducing it with the casinos in South Africa. Uh, so that when black hits it big, then all the casinos can wake up to the fact that, ha, we can have our artists in South Africa having a residency yes. in a casino theater. Yes. I mean, we've got such beautiful theaters in this country. Absolutely. And mostly underused. Underused. Yes. Yes. So that's what black is about. Black is about bringing Mongeni Gamma to do this extravaganza wall-to-wall music and dance yes. so that people can just go home and say, I've never experienced such a thing in my life. Well, one of the things I realized as I was preparing for the show, you I want to call you Mr. Hitmaker, Mr. Know-How-To-Make-A-Hit <laughs> <laughs> because you've got that magic touch. You know, even one more time, even Stimela Sassizola, those are just some of the songs we've spoken about. There is that Mongani and Gamma, that thing 
thing that just makes us, as you say, experience it, each song as an extravaganza. You've also got something else on the horizon, and that's very exciting, the Institute. The Bongeningema International School of the Arts, the Academy, uh, we're going to launch it end of this month, end of September, in Durban, we will have the main branch in Durban where students are going to enroll. Uh, we open it next April. Our curriculum will start in April where students are going to learn script writing, directing, acting, singing, dancing, music composition, music arrangements, everything all in one. But you know what's exciting already about the Mbongeningama School of the Arts? is that already the Duke Ellington School of Music in Washington is partnering with us and uh, 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 and two universities in New York are already partnering with us with us as well as the Howard University in Washington DC so they want to have a cultural exchange a student exchange program with us The first branch will be in Durban, but we are going to have all the branches throughout all nine provinces in South Africa. Amazing. So our young people that want to study the methodology of Mbongeningema and the intricacies into the musical arrangements and compositions of Mbongeningema, they will study in this institution. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And Mogheni, I'm so sad this is over. I need another two hours with you right now. <laughs> but we will pick it up again. This, as you know, we really need to do it. There were so many more questions I, know. I have to ask. But from me, and I think on behalf of so many people, we thank you for your work, your contribution, your dedication, and the joy that you've brought so many of us in telling these sometimes difficult stories stories. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kaya FM. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. And we're going to end with one last track of the latest uh, EP, Tina Bantamba Mnyama. Yes. Yes. (laughs) If you'd said it first, I would have got it better. But this one's very special to me also. God bless the music. Wow. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. But let me tell you, you know how that came about? Please. Because when I grew up, I was listening uh, to Freddie Mercury, and I was so in love with Freddie Mercury's talent. And you hear it, when you hear the song, you'll hear the influence. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mogheni and Gamma on the World Show. What a pleasure and an honor. Don't forget, Brother George Maniosi is up next, and he's going to be jazzing it up with some of the most delicious tunes, also from all around the globe. Whatever else you do this week, make sure that you keep shining, and of course, keep it kaya. The best in African music, African music. on The World Show with Nikki B. The World Show with Nikki B.